This is The Shift Podcast. The Shift Daily Podcast is available for you every day after we finish The Shift on the podcast. Good News Tuesday-ish. We took calls from all shift heads all across the country who never disappointed with their broken plumbing to their double cousins story. Didn't know that was a thing. Apparently it's a thing. Are you okay with snow plows or plows, P-L-O-W-S or P-L-O-U-G-H-S? Or are you okay with driving your car into a restaurant? Greg Fish from the World of Weird Things joined us to talk about some alarming research into the cognitive decline of boomers. And Andrew C. Ferreira goes to Mars with his weird science on the Shift Daily Podcast. Okay, so you share your good news with us. We share it with you. Why not do that? It's Good News Tuesday-ish. That's what we do here. Uh, hi, fellows. Sean from Cloverdale here. You know... I called with what I thought was a good news will back, and I've been listening to a lots different good newsies. With all due respect to all callers, I think my good news is gooder. My good news would be I have no bad news, and now imagine that was every day's news. Thank you, Sean from Cloverdale. I think that is a very, very good point. I would like to imagine that all of this no bad news was every day's good news. Thank you very much. Uh, great and very well-articulated point there, Sean. Good news! Sometimes you just got to work it out. All right, Dallas is in Winnipeg. Hey, Dallas, you managed to stay warm there, or are you a Dallasicle? I'd be a Dallas Earl Henry Giesbeck, and uh, it'd be uh, some good news to see that polar vortex kind of take a left. <laughs> take a left? Yeah, <laughs> that, that was quite the central provincial uh, pair, I tell you. that I, I, I had a minus 53 sitting on the old butt cheek, and I was going to go, oh. But uh, I got some good news for you, buddy. I appreciate that. That's what we're doing right now. You tell me your good news. Did you hear about Paul Stanley? Um, okay, well, I've heard many things about Paul Stanley. Why don't you tell me what's on your mind? Neither have I. But I was going to say... Uh, Last time there, I kind of, I guess I was talking too fast. I, I missed you with my Sammy Hager joke there, eh? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, thank you very much, Dallas, for the phone call. I appreciate that. But I got you one have more res- good news for the, you, bud. Well, this, okay. <laughs> okay. The, the weekend's changing his name. Oh, God. Super Bowl weekend. Straight out of Canada. That boy can kick it. And I'm surprised Drake didn't... Uh, Get a haircut for that one. <laughs> okay. Uh, thanks, Dallas. You have a fantastic one. You make sure you stay warm out there for me, okay? Appreciate that. 877-399-9898. Uh, sometimes uh, you just sort of cross your fingers and cross your toes, and you hope that things are going to go okay. And uh, Dallas knocked it out of the park, as always. Uh, speaking of Winnipeg, we've got our buddy Burton. Hey, Burton. Hey, guys. I got What's good news. Buddy? I like good news, Burton. Well... To tell you the truth, Rotor Rooter came, and that drain went uh, down the drain in the basement. Did you have so some trouble? Some roots, and uh, I'm a happy camper now. Ah oh, man, was it one of those ones where it was like outside the house or what? Well, it's the one in the basement. It's the main drain. But my main concern yeah. was everybody right now in Winnipeg. It's freezing so bad that pipes are freezing, right? And drains are snapping because they're aging, right? So my worst yeah. fear is. 
a collapsed drain in your house because if that happens, you got to cough up a lot of money or they condemn your house. Yeah, so, right, you got to get it fixed. So the main goal as a homeowner, you have to uh, keep on top of things. And uh, I lucked out for 15 years, no problems. Yeah. Just till recently, but it's good news now. It is good news. Burton, thank you for the phone call. I appreciate that. It's a good news, good news story uh, from Burton in Winnipeg. And uh, this is the cool part is that it is as simple as that to share the good news. 877-399-9898. Okay, so we've got a couple of text messages before we get back to the car calls here, including... um, uh, Good news, I found three new hobby books... At Dollarama. See, that's good news. I like this. It's good news. Mm-hmm. 877-399-9898. I hope where they were different hobby books. Well, it's, it's good. You know, reading is fundamental. Unless your hobby is collecting hobby books. Oh. Then wow. your hobby is collecting the hobby books. So... Very good news. Uh, good news. The temperature is going up to single digits by the weekend and beyond. Robert in Winnipeg. Thank you, Robert. More good news. Let's hit the uh, let's hit the celebration sounder there, Matt. Woo! Good news. <laughs> uh, good news. I've been listening to you while driving my truck. Stop to send this. I've been fixing it at night while listening to you guys since mid-December. The unholy goalie in Edmonton. Well, thank you very much for doing that. Unholy goalie. Shirley is in Okotoks, Alberta, just south of Calgary. Hi, Shirley. Hi. How are you, Shirley? What's on your mind? What's your good news? Uh, well, what's on my mind is I was listening to 770, which you mm-hmm. were probably still eating your lunch then. It okay. was after Daniel Mercury from, uh, you know, on, I mean, Daniel Mercury. Yeah. Daniel Smith. After uh-huh. her show at, like, 12.30 and after in the news, yeah, there's a yeah. guy that comes on and he has a talk program. Yeah, Rob Pregerich. That's him. Well, yeah. he had a day on, a guy on today who has a big company here and obviously has some money, but the guy that he was talking to told him that there are 12 million Cobus things in Dubai in a refrigerator and they can be delivered here. Oh, in seven days. Yeah, like like so vaccines. Do you mean? Be delivered here in seven days. I'm seventy nine years old. Uh-huh. I will be eighty in September. Okay. I highly doubt whether the way you know Trudeau is going that he is going to have enough to immunize all the people he should have immunized before, yeah. like the front end workers and you know the, the back end workers and stuff yeah. like that. They haven't done second shots on some people. Yeah. They they have dozens and dozens of of um, rapid tests. Yeah. Hey Shirley. Storage. I have a question yeah. for you. Uh, what's the good news part? The good news part is if everybody could phone in like my age, like my cousin is the same age as me, and all the people sixty and fifty and forty nine could phone in and give that guy their. Uh, for for one shot and their right. address and their you know their their money like you know it, it's thirty dollars let's say for yep. the shot so you okay. give them thirty dollars on your thing you give them your address when they've got enough to buy you know 
10,000, you know, in yeah. the, and then uh, everyone would get the area shots. Of, the, of Alberta that has the same postal code. Thank you, Shirley, um, for sharing the good news. I have one more question before we let you go. Uh, huh? Shirley, are you still there? I have one more question before I let you go. Okay. You said your cousin is the same age as you. What's your cousin's name? My cousin's name is Lois DeRosier. Okay, well, Shirley. we are double cousins because oh. we have the strange grandparents. Oh, wow. That, <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. Like, anatomically, we are sisters. Wow, that's crazy. That's a cool story. And well, Shirley. On the yeah. 23rd of July. I doubt whether she'll get hers before then. She'll be 80, you know, a month and yeah. a half or two months before me. Wow, that's remarkable. You know what? Uh, Shirley, thank you very much for this phone call. I appreciate your good news. And I want to just acknowledge your passion in this phone call for, for exactly sharing that. Thank you, Shirley, uh, for the call. Shirley in Okotoks right there celebrating um, the opportunity for everyone to get vaccinated here on the shift with her double cousin. Um, cool stuff. Yeah. Wow. 877-399-9898. Uh, your good news on the shift. Okay. Um, uh, oh, good news from Brian. This past weekend, I cleaned my workbench in my man cave, and I found my floor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've been there, buddy. Sometimes the floor is the hardest thing to find. My good basement. News. I have not found the floor in my basement in a long time. So, Brian, I'm going to take your good news as motivation. Uh, good news, TJ in London. Last year, I was admitted to the OR with a massive internal bleed. I went back this year for a checkup, and I'm feeling much better. Thank you, TJ in London, for sharing your good news. Yeah, that was uh, uh, wow. that, that was related to me over the phone, so it was a bit of a paraphrase. But he the the good news is is that he was feeling bad last year. He's feeling great now, so that's good news. TJ's feeling good. good. News. Uh, that is good. Um, my good news, it was finally warm enough to replace the headlight in my car. I have two headlights again, and the LEDs work and good. Thank you very much, Trucker Doby. I appreciate that one. See, good news is fun, right? We all, it's the little things that make us most grateful. Yeah. Um, I went out to a restaurant today for the first time in, like, it's got to be, I don't even remember. How about that? I mean, I've been to a pub for beers when pubs were open, but I hadn't been out to a restaurant I'm going to guess six months, maybe longer. And it was Boston Pizza. And their lasagna is great. The baked lasagna, one of my favorite things. And I absolutely, um, I absolutely loved it. It was great. And it was good news for me. So I'm going to celebrate that. Mm. Good news. See, good news makes you think of good news things. Yeah, woo. Good news. Hey, Matt, it's Roger. It's Roger farts smell better. This is one of those we need punctuation friends. <laughs> hey Roger, hey Matt, it's Roger. Farts smell better than coconut oil and milk. Say hi to my fellow drummer. Okay, yeah, my yeah, my wife Jen plays the drums, so I'll say hi, Roger. Cool. Oh, okay. And so the coconut oil and the farts. Well, remember when I went off on that really like just aggressive rant about coconut? Yeah. I guess that was what he was talking about. Okay. I don't know. Take All right. Uh, okay. Uh, hey, guys, I'm thankful for having two days off. I'm preparing to take an exam next week. Max, absolutely. Good news, Max. You prepare for that, and you knock out that exam. Yeah, two days to cram. Woo. Uh, oh, where's <laughs> the, the exam? Where's the fader? Two days to cram. Woo. Good news. 
timing is everything. Yeah. Uh, grandma in Calgary, we love Grandma in Calgary, expecting a grand new baby, a new, oh boy, expecting a new great grandbaby this September 2021, feeling so blessed, Grandma in Calgary. Good news. You see? Good news babies, literally in this case. Literal good news babies. And if it's a double grandma, then hey, right on. Good news. Uh, we had an interesting story come into the good news about double cousins earlier in the show. And if you missed that particular call, trust me, I think Matt's going to include it on the podcast. It's uh, it's definitely going to make the highlight reel, that's for sure. Um, So I did Google this. Uh, with Shirley's comment, and uh, turns out uh, double cousins is a thing. While most um, people share DNA from mom and dad, now you can include grandparents in that to have double cousins' babies who share more DNA. Um, there's a map here with DNA and colors about mom and dad and children's DNA because if mom and dad have two sets of DNA from two different sources, but then they have babies, so there's like four sources, which can be eight. And it's pink and red and blue and light blue. How's that for science? Ta-da! Science! <laughs> Double cousins. Huh. We need to get a now, science button. Anytime we have a science breakthrough, you can press it and just science. You know, when you get a science button. That was easy. One of those buttons. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, anyway, so Google double cousins if you're curious, like I was. Normally, 12% of DNA, 12.5% of DNA is what first cousins share, statistically. If you're a double cousin, you share about 25% of your DNA with your double cousin. I had no idea it was a thing. I feel enlightened. This is the Shift Podcast. In Whitby, Ontario, we have Clark. Hello, Clark. Hey, how's it going? Wonderful, sir. What's on your mind? Um, we This is our first time calling in. We listen every nice. night, and uh, we love the uh, Are You Okay With segment. Oh, thank you very much. Well, that's coming up in a second here. Who's we? Uh, me and my two friends here, Damon and Logan. Wicked. Damon and Logan. So are you guys working or what's the deal? Are you guys uh, hanging out? What what brings you into the shift? Oh, we just finished work. We're on our way home. Yeah, we listen Excellent. in every night. Tune in every night. Oh, wonderful. And you guys are in Whitby, Ontario? Yes. Wonderful. Well, I thank you very much for calling in and uh, want to salute you for listening. I appreciate the phone call and your kindness. Thank you, gentlemen. Oh, thank thank you. you very much, sir. All Have right, there night. we go. Uh, Clark and Logan and the gang in Whitby, Ontario. There it is. And since it is uh, their favorite segment, it seems like the timing will be appropriate to check in with Maddie's moon dial and get started with Are You Okay? Uh, yeah, let me uh, let me see how the moon dial is. Hey, take a look at this. Man, that suit is you. You'll get some love tonight for sure. Oh, my. Tell us how you do. Come, come on, moon dial. Give me a break. Hey, hey, hey. One break. Coming up! <laughs> the uh, moon dial is yeah. now ready. Wow, hey? Getting <laughs> some good <laughs> loving. I think tonight's uh, moon dial was brought to you by David Lee Roth. Nice. Well done, sir. Are you okay? <laughs> Are you okay with snowplows? First, can I acknowledge something? 
Yes. Yes. The spelling of plow. That's how I was taught to spell it. Right. It's like donut. Yeah. I thought you were going to roast um, me again. I never... No, I'm not. I'm just... I'm acknowledging <laughs> that you spelled it P-L-O-U-G-H. Uh, many uh, people don't know uh, that that is also a proper spelling of the P-L-O-W plow. Yes. I don't know the difference in the history between the two. A pluff. <laughs> a pluff. That's no a pluff. joke from a TV show. It, yes, it's spelled plow, but it's pronounced pluff. Yeah. <laughs> right, then. Um... No, I just wanted to like I wanted to uh, acknowledge uh, the depth of the writing in this. Uh, are you okay with snow pluffs? Mm-hmm. There you go. Are you okay? Are you okay with snowplow? I uh, absolutely. I mean, you know, somebody's got to clear all that snow away, and uh, what more? Uh, what be- more better way to do it than a plow? Uh, you know, I agree. When- no, when ahead. you're on the West Coast and your snow is heavier than the rest of Canada. Yes. The wet snow. The West Coast. At least it's the not like that wild. dry snow. I'm, uh, mm. I, I'm also okay with a lot of the folks that uh, plow snow overnight out in, uh, that also listen to us as well. So, All right. yeah. Very good. Yeah. yeah, snowfall warnings everywhere. My goodness. Crazy. Sorry. You were going to talk about your plowing, right? Well, I was just, yeah, well, we won't talk about my personal plowing. Uh, we can talk about <laughs> what I witnessed in plowing in that Calgary, it would be really great if Calgary could plow in the, in the, in what the, have you done? the residential streets. Uh, but uh, it's gone now. Yes, I'm okay with it. <laughs> I took you there, didn't I? Well, I think it was really when you told the story about your personal plowing. I think that's really what uh, that's what took us off the rails there. Anyway, um, if anybody happens to uh, have a fire extinguisher, that dumpster is officially on fire. Okay, uh, Ukrainian man confessed to a fictitious murder in the hope that police would clear his snow-covered road when they came to arrest him. The man called police on Saturday evening to tell them he had killed his mother's partner by stabbing him in the chest. Officials say officers did not take a snowplow and were able to get the man's get to the man's house in an SUV. Uh, Yulia Kovtun, a police spokesperson, says, Immediately after arriving, they discovered that the relative was indeed at the house, but in one piece and unharmed, and no one had attacked him, she said, adding that the killer immediately confessed to making a fake call. Kovtun also said municipal services had plowed the road earlier on Saturday, but he was not satisfied with the quality of the clearing. (laughs) This man from the village of Grybova Rudnaya faces a fine of up to 119 Ravinias for reporting, which is about $6, steep, for reporting a false complaint. Ukraine has recorded record snowfall in recent days with about 50 centimeters falling. Wow. Looks like they need to call Klondike 53266. Hello, hey. I'm Mr. Plow. Are you tired of having your hands cut off by snow blowers and the inevitable heart attacks that come with shoveling snow? Uh-huh. Then call Klondike 53226. Call now and receive a free t-shirt. He could still surprise you. But I'm a real tightwad. Can I afford this remarkable system? Absolutely. My prices are so low, you'll think I've suffered brain damage. You are fully bonded and licensed by the city, aren't you, Mr. Plow? Shut up, boy. So remember, call Mr. Plow 
That's my name. That name again is Mr. Is Mr. Plow. <laughs> uh, beautiful. Um, Catherine says, shout out to all, work, all the hardworking plow jobbers. That's definitely a way to describe them, huh? I love it. It's funny. Way, it's a funny way to spell it too. I love language. <sighs> Angel says, "I'm okay with plowing, but not how they block the driveway just after you shovel." That's the truth, right? They get that windrow there where it's like they you just shoveled it, and then they get all the stuff off the street, and it's thick and it's heavy. Yeah. Like we're talking like West Coast snow heavy, even on not on the West Coast because it's heavier than everyone else's, and. And then it just fills in your driveway. And then you got to go back out there again and dig out way more snow than you started with. Grr. <sighs> Mr. Plow, hee hee. I love all the Homer text messages that came in. Uh, got a lot of Homer texts. A there was a lot, lot of Homer texts. Uh, Homer texts. Texas? I was reading Texas. Text says, you guys should talk about what's going on in Texas. The snow? The electricity? I don't know. Um, what? 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 Okay, I just there were in all the all of the text. <laughs> oh my god! Now I can't get this. What Ryan said out of my head. In all the text messages that have that came in about plowing, I missed this one. My sister and my brother married a sister and a brother. My sister and brother married a sister and brother. So my four nephews are also double cousins. Denise. My Does that make sense? Hurt. Yeah, okay, so nope. a brother and a sister Yeah. married a brother and a sister. Do you have a sister, Ryan? No. Hmm. Do you have a sister, Matt? I do, but I'm not going to okay. marry her anytime soon. No, no, you don't have to marry her. Okay. So that would be like, what's your sister's name? Sarah. Sarah. So that would be like if I married Sarah and you married my sister Leanne. Yeah. Right? Nothing really weird there. No, no. Um, not so and far. Then, not so far. Uh, but then they, we, of course, we had babies and because we wanted to have babies. And then those babies would be double cousins. Because oh, they have twice oh. the DNA met with twice the... Makes sense? That makes sense. That makes sense. That, according to this text message. So thank you very much um, for that. And it's funny when you put in double cousins in a text me- a bunch of text messages about Mr. Plow and plowing. Somehow I missed it. <laughs> Man, this really got off the rails. Thanks, Ryan. You're welcome. My my pleasure, honestly. It's fun to watch. I just sometimes I just want to watch the world burn, you know? It's Trucker Dan would be very proud of you right now. And sometimes you throw gasoline on the fire, light a match, and run, which I'm pretty sure is what you did. Mm-hmm. Um, in Great Britain, you can truck the plows on the internet. Track the plows on the internet. Trucker Doby. Cool. I didn't know that. Um, do we want to have any volunteers to read uh, Trucker Brian's text, or are we just going to pretend that one's not there? Oh, um, I'm not going to be responsible for any repercussions. Not it either. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip that one. Okay, well, we're gonna negotiate, pull, pull some straws, and maybe we'll uh, save that one for later. Um, you never know. Hmm. That was pretty interesting twist at the end of that phone call. I love hearing those surprising gems, a la double cousins. 
Are you okay? Uh, Clark and the gang from Whitby. <laughs> Aren't you glad, guys? Glad you stuck around for this one. No kidding. Oh. Are you okay with drive-ins? I still haven't yet been to one. Um, oh. wow. uh, guess what? There's what? a typo. That should say drive-throughs. Are you guys okay with drive-throughs? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Ryan, what are you doing yeah. here, dude? Like I was excited. I had a story attached about the JNL driving in Port Alberni, BC. How you can get you foot can long it. hot foot long hot dog in the drive-in, and they bring the tray and they clip it to your window, That's and it's cool. still one of the best places to go that you can possibly go to. Like this is oh heartbreaking. Yeah. Drive drive throughs, huh? Okay. Yeah, I know it's lame. Right. Yeah, okay. I, the right. story's pretty crazy though, so it's worth it. It's All right. worth the payoff. Okay. All right. Stick with it. All right. I'm fine with drive throughs because it's a way that you can get food without getting out of your car. Okay. Yes. I would agree. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with drive throughs. Yep. Convenient and warm. Um still prefer drive ins. All right. A Boston restaurant may need to convert to drive-through only service after a car crashed into it three times in eight days. CBSN Boston. I was just dead asleep and I heard a loud bang. Looked out the window and I saw some flashing lights. Stephen Hart darted across Route 125 in Haverhill early Saturday morning after this car crashed through the front of Lee's Asian restaurant. He called 911 and went inside to see if anyone in the car needed help. They didn't hit the brakes. They just went straight in. The car made it 45 feet into the restaurant. It was twisted and resting on top of the bar with the front of the car through the doors to the kitchen. This is very devastating. Um, We don't really know what to do going forward. Whoa. Wow. Barricade? cars. Within eight, they actually put up a barricade in front of the restaurant. They actually did that. The Beltliner in Calgary did that. Someone went through the Beltliner, so they put up a big, they put up a giant flower pots that were made of cement and as heavy as a barricade. So you'd have to mow down the garden to get inside. That'd be scary though if you're inside. Holy moly! Like those security cam video things you see, you know, cars coming through windows. That'd be terrifying. Yeah, usually when I crash into something, I only tend to crash into it once. <laughs> That's enough, eh? Yeah, once is enough. Not three right. times in eight days. Huh. huh? Can we hear the Mr. Plow song one more time? I just, you know, would that be all right? Hello, I'm Mr. Plow. Are you tired of having your hands cut off by snow blowers and the inevitable heart attacks that come with shoveling snow? Uh-huh. Then call Klondike 53226. Call now and receive a free T-shirt. He could still surprise you. But I'm a real tightwad. Can I afford this remarkable system? Absolutely. My prices are so low, you'll think I've suffered brain damage. You are fully bonded and licensed by the city, aren't you, Mr. Plow? Shut up, boy. Shut up, boy. So remember, <laughs> call Mr. Plow. That's my name. That name again is Mr. Plow. There was this uh, Simpsons video game, and you could unlock the Mr. Plow truck. It was the best. Love it. Nice. We'll get more on that at Simpsons Video Games and plowing from Ryan's plowing stories next on The Shift. It's all you plow jobbers out there.
It's the Shift Podcast. Okay. Double Cousins has been a topic that's come up here. And I had no idea all of the stories about Double Cousins. Um, okay, so hi, Sabrina from Smith, Alberta. My brother and my cousin married twins. I have no idea what that would be called. Well, because it's a brother, which would be 25%. No, yeah, no, 50%. And then a cousin would be 12.5%. That wouldn't be double cousins based on my genetic chart because we're doing science. Um, And yet, still kind of the same thing. Thank you, Sabrina. I don't know. My brain hurts. Okay. Um, if a pair of identical twin boys marry a pair of identical twin girls, all the kids would be genetically siblings, not cousins. No, that, that wouldn't be the case because one of the parents would be different. So they wouldn't be 50-50 siblings. They would be half. Dwayne, thank you for the text, but I can almost guarantee I've got that wrong too. Um, Angel, talk about double cousins. My daughter married my son's wife's brother. Whoa. I'm still stuck with double cousins. I, I, let's check in with Greg Fish. Welcome, Welcome to the world of weird things with Greg Fish. Seems like a natural segue to Greg Fish. <laughs> For DNA stories about double cousins. I, I don't know if that works, but I'm here. Here we are. Um, did you? We had a Ukrainian story about a guy who. Did you hear that one, Fish? When you were waiting for us, or about the guy who uh, in Ukraine got too much snow, he didn't want to clear his driveway, so he faked the murder of someone in his house so the emergency vehicles would come plow with snow for him. No, but I can probably believe it. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, Greg's, by the way, is uh, family. He's from Ukraine lives in california now and uh double cousins anything that you want to toss at that one that's uh, is that new to you like it is to me or yeah that's brand new to me i have absolutely nothing to add on the subject i'm just yeah this is this is so beyond me <sighs> whoa well it is the world of weird things seems like a good thing maybe look into i will put that on my to-do list <laughs> Greg Fish, worldofweirdthings.com. Not only is it uh, all of that, plus it is a podcast, too. If you want to check out his articles, you go to the website. Uh, Greg Fish, um, your, your, your story here about the boomers. Now, I get memes from my kids about being a boomer, even though I technically I don't think I'm a boomer. Um, uh, where are we going about boomers and what's the matter with our boomers? We got to love on the boomers, man. Do we, though? Do we? <laughs> but, okay, no, seriously. Um, so this is a very interesting and alarming study from um, the Ohio State University, uh, and it involves a review of over 30,000 cognitive evaluation tests um, that were taken by baby boomers um, from the late 90s to the mid-2010s, and they showed quite a significant decline in mental capacities when compared to previous generations. So if you were to take people, you know, aged 50 and older from the silent generation, from the generations before, they usually scored better 
than baby boomers. They kind of broke that combination of, 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 you know, people staying sharper in old age. And here's the thing. Now, I know that so far the story sounds like, you know, oh, Greg's back at it with his boomer bashing. And I've said some unflattering things about boomers on this show, and I will absolutely stand by each and every one of them for the record. However, however, the reasons that were identified in the study are actually more of an alarm for younger generation than it is necessarily a slam on the boomers. Because huh. based on so the based on the study and based on the different factors studying, you know, what boomers are going through and how they're living, um, the researcher who conducted that study essentially said it really comes down to if we really review the work and, and other people who have researched similar similar things, we can really nail it down to the fact that modern life the way that we work, the way that we live, uh, how many of us are lonely, how many of us are depressed, how many of us are dealing with stress is basically kind of like rotting our brains and bodies. You know, our work schedules are bad. Um, our, um, we're, we're too lonely. We're too depressed. We have, we're too worried about survival. Uh, we're dealing with too much political turmoil. Uh, things are, you know, things are just wearing us down in, in all of these trends are basically not really easing up for younger generations either. So if basically if we keep going at this rate, you know, Gen X is not going to do so well. Millennials are going to do worse. Gen Z is going to do worse. Generations younger than them are going to do worse. So it really is just a big, like, alarm that uh, whatever we're doing right now, we need to stop and really rethink how we live and how we work. Okay, so let's clarify a couple of pieces here uh, as part of this puzzle. A baby boomer is a person born generally immediately after World War II. It's kind of a 20-year window from what I understand it, kind of like from 45, 46, straight through to about 64, 65. That would be a baby boomer. Now, cognitive testing, cognitive testing, reasons for cognitive testing is a little easier to describe. Uh, cognitive sort of being thinking, um, processing basic things. Why would anybody need cognitive testing? Well, um, this is some list from a medical site because I thought, well, I'll go to a medical site and find out why do people get cognitive tests. So if you are losing your train of thought of consciousness or you can't follow movies or books, if you are increasingly irritable, if you struggle, struggle from anxiety, having trouble coming up with words that you usually know, if you lose things often and forgetting appointments and important events in your life, um, that would be reasons to consider asking your doctor for cognitive testing. So I think that establishes a nice baseline of what all of it is. Now, you've said the boomer generation um, are starting to see some struggles there. So where do we go next, Fish? So where we go next is we need to start addressing really the reasons why. So yes, it's very important to know that a lot of these things have to do with memory, with trying to kind of keep things in order. Um, and the sources for these tests are varied, which is why you have to have a lot of them, you know, tens of thousands of them. You have to then do a lot of research to, to um, stratify them into specific age groups, into a lot of different demographics and analyze them very carefully. Now, having having done that we can say so these are the very likely causes of what's happening so now we really need to start 
talking about them and addressing them. Uh, some of the biggest causes really are things like loneliness and overwork, um, people kind of falling further and further behind because costs of living are going up much faster than wages. There are people who are being quite literally, you know, left behind by the modern world and no one seems to really care what happens to them and that really weighs down on them. Uh, so there's just a lot of contributing factors. The, the world is kind of just the way that we're living right now is, is in a way a little bit more like, you know, your typical cyberpunk dystopia where we don't really care what happens to the individual. We just care about the merits of what they can offer us. And that particular approach, it might work from a standpoint of a balance sheet. It might work from a mathematical standpoint um, for a stock market, but it really doesn't work on the basic human level because what happens is all of that cognitive power that you would use to, you know, better your life and go out and do things and make friends and, you know, really kind of live is being used on survival. It's being used on having to plan. It's And the more stress you have and the more is demanded of you, the more bandwidth you, ex you expand on those basic survival tactics. And it doesn't really leave a lot for kind of the rest of your um, the rest of your daily life. And we know that because there have been numerous studies that looked into, you know, what does poverty do to the brain? What does the extreme stress do to the brain? Um, and, and you know, all of these tests have been done um, by about 2014. So they're actually missing COVID. So you would actually expect that the tests that we'd start coming in around this time would be even worse and would show even more wear and tear. So really it comes down to the fact that we need to really focus on solving problems instead of going for each other's throats in politics. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk about how, oh, you know, these elites have kidnapped, have kidnapped politics and they don't care about, you know, the average person. And, and the thing is, there's definitely some truth to it. There's a lot of, there are a lot of politicians who are very disconnected from typical people and they engage in a lot of partisan games and they promise a lot of tit for tat, but that doesn't actually solve any of the problems. And now we see that all of these problems that are festering are actually like literally affecting our minds and bodies. So this seems to me to be an ended like, like, is this a lifestyle problem or is this like a generational growth thing? Because there was lots of things that went on with the war. There was lots of new chemicals introduced into everybody. There was new lifestyle things. Or is it the way that we live life since the war? Because life since the war changed for everybody. Which path do you think we go down? I think it, it's really kind of a combination of both. There have been studies that said, you know, it's entirely possible that we're seeing some of these um some of these results because a lot of baby boomers were uh, exposed to a lot of lead and a lot of air pollution before we like really started cleaning up our act um, in North America. And there's definitely some merit to it. And there are studies that, that actually show exactly how this would work from a chemical standpoint, but you can't really blame all of it on this. There's also the lifestyle choices that a lot of people have made since and then obviously there is there was that that idea of you know we are essentially going to take 
factory life and we're going to base everything on factory life. We're going to base everything on performance. We're going to run the world like a factory even though it no longer needs to. And we're going to try and push these efficiencies out of people who don't really need to be efficient because they're not making widgets. They're doing research. They're writing software. They're doing services. They're trying to, you know, solve complicated problems for others. We don't need to run the world the way that, the way that we have been running it anymore. It's not, you know, it, we're, we've taken, we've taken the industrialization model as far as it could go and we've pushed way beyond it. And, and all of these things that I just talked about contribute to that. So really what we have to do is we have to, as, as crazy as it sounds, we have to kind of do a hard stop and say, we really just need to rethink at this point everything. Are we, you know, we need to, you know, we need to worry about, are we, you know, going to start polluting the air too much again? Are we being exposed to things that might be detrimental to us? Are we working too much? And if so, how, what is the right work-life balance? Um, how do we, how do we actually solve all of these problems? How do we take care of mental health? It's, it's really, I mean, it sounds like a lot because it is a lot, but this is what happens when you take problems that people have been worried about for 40 years and do absolutely nothing about them. Okay. That's interesting. What about social pieces of the puzzle? I mean, that's kind of the work piece of the puzzle. What about social pieces of the puzzle? Things like smoking. Because it was in the 60s that I think that smoking was really at its peakest of peak things. I I honestly don't know. I haven't seen any studies about that. It I I just I have no idea. It's interesting I just to look seen at any data on it. Isn't it interesting to look at the alignment of so many pieces of of this affecting that generation? Now, if I look at my parents, which would be boomers, they're early boomers but they're boomers. They are, they were, well, they were tired. They were so incredibly hardworking and they, like there was nothing, it was the classic work hard, get ahead, change your life, get to a point and then retire. And all of their friends are the same. They worked hard they did the hard decisions. They got the kids the education. That generation seems to have provided more to their families and their kids, financially to their legacy, all of the, and their estate, more than any of the other generations for like a big shift, right? You sort of hear of families in the 20s and 30s where, you know, grandma and grandpa died broke. And then you got these boomers that worked so incredibly hard to the very end. Um, is that just such an impact of what it means to be a boomer and part of the generation after the war. It's entirely possible. Um, it also kind of depends on the country and it depends on the situation because there's definitely a lot of boomers who worked hard and got ahead and left a massive legacy um, for their children. Um, and, you know, they're definitely enjoying the spoils of their work and more power to them. Uh, then there are boomers who never, who were never able to accomplish all of this, partially maybe because their skills dropped out of demand. Maybe the work that they have been doing was outsourced. Uh, maybe just bad luck. You, you never quite know. And then, you know, in, in other countries, boomers have not been so successful. And what happens is they've built up all of this legacy and then they either didn't really pass it on or they lost it in the stock market. 
and then life for their children has actually become much harder. So, if, I mean, for example, I can, you know, I, I can't necessarily speak to, to Canada, but I can speak to the United States where, um, you know, baby boomers worked hard, they got ahead, they built retirements, they have good homes and so on and so forth, but their children and grandchildren are objectively worse off because everything costs so much more and the money that got the boomers where they are, even adjusted for inflation, doesn't get younger generations to the same space. And then on top of right. that, a lot of them lost money during the Great Recession mm -hmm. and have never really been able to rebuild their full nest eggs. A great deal of boomers are actually not really very well set up for retirement, and they're going to have to rely very significantly on Social Security. Um, and again, that depends by country, that depends by individual case, that depends by generation. Um, this all of these problems, and I, I think it's important to note that all of these problems, we can we can talk about the general trend, and, and that's mostly what I've been doing. But if you really like zoom down based on, on individual skills and socioeconomics and personal lifestyle choices, the story plays out very differently in different groups and different individuals and different families. Well, there certainly is a long list of... Um... Uh, a long list of things that changed after the war. The kinds of industry that were there, the growth of industry that were there. I mean, this is like post-depression into the war, like a long haul of of stuff that really got um, that really got moving. And you know, I there's uh, there was I did read some reading on this that there was. Uh, lots of vaccine talk about that, and there was lots of vaccines in the 50s and 60s, but there was also tons of vaccines in the early 1900s. So that's not really indicative specifically of that. But it is remarkable to look at vaccines, look at smoking, look at um, television was a text that came in. Cat and Gimli, I'm a later member of the Boomers. What changed for this generation? Television. People taking their entertainment passively for many hours a day. People who are active and engaged don't get dementia at such high rates. Makers, creative people use their hands and their brains more actively, remain more alert and involved. They don't vegetate. They live. And so that's a good point uh, directly from Cat, who's a Boomer. So there are so many variables in this, Greg. I'm glad you brought it up because it really is kind of interesting to look at that generation as almost being completely upside down from the generation it, before it. Yeah, it, it is very much the case. And, and she's absolutely right. Uh, keeping busy, using your hands, having hobbies, et cetera, et cetera. It's all extremely important to stave off dementia, to, to stay sharp um, as you get older. Um, but then the question becomes, well, who can afford to have hobbies anymore? So right. uh, really, for me, the whole takeaway from this is not really so much that um, you know, well, everything's collapsing and, and we should, we should all worry. Although, I mean, we should worry and, and we have a lot of really bad indicators, but what it really tells me is we need to like really start worrying about each other. I mean, yeah. really kind of the bottom line for me, we just kind of have to start worrying about ourselves and each other. Are we, you know, for why are we doing this to ourselves is really the question that we need to be asking ourselves. And it's not so much a case of, you know, we can look at people who who made out perfectly fine, um, who might say, you know, I had a lot of challenges in my life and things were really easy, weren't really easy and things were really bad. And I, and I went through a lot. And you know what, if you go through a lot of bad stuff, then, you know, you'll turn out OK, too, and you'll be fine. And no, if you say that you, you didn't quite turn out fine, if you're fine with other people having uh, having a crappy time trying to like get somewhere, 
there's some there's some things you need to look at yourself and talk about um and yeah. that really like i said for me it, it really underlines the thought of if we are if there's indications that we are stressing ourselves out too much if we are impacting our minds if we're doing you know if if we're really not thinking about the changes that we're making we need to stop and really think about what we're doing and why it's a um, it's an interesting perspective, and you're right, man. We need to look at the way we live our lives. Absolutely. One last text here for you from Rob. Greg Fish is one of your best guests, hands down. No, thank you so much. Thanks, Greg. Great to talk to you, brother. Always a pleasure. This is the Shift Podcast. We need to uh, we need to find the keys for the cage here. I don't know if you do. You have your keys, Matt. Uh, let me see just oh yeah i found them i found them okay all right let's open up the cage let's set the man free andrew ferreira is weird so weird he loves science more than sleep and other people it's time for andrew ferreira's weird science if you google images for andrew c ferreira there's like two images that you'll ever find on the internet um that's it he's a man of mystery and somehow Wait, really? those ones slip through the filter. It's true. Now, just to Let be clear, An- Andrew's um, um, one is the bearded, I'm looking not at you camera picture. Um, and Andrew's internet could go down. So don't be surprised if it does. Um, if someone trips over the LAN cable and unplugs him, we will just reconnect with him very quickly. What'd yeah. you find? No, no I, I, I didn't find me, which is good. I did. I have a picture oh. of you that I'm that I, I put on your profile that I'm building for my site. So just so you oh, know, that's you're... that's horrifying. Um, but yeah, no, I don't know. My internet sometimes is very finicky, and mm-hmm. it, I know it's something in my computer. I replaced the motherboard a few weeks ago to see if that would fix it, and it didn't. Uh, hmm. So I'm still rooting around for a solution. So if I die, I'll be back in about seventy seconds. Wow, um, that's a pretty quick turnaround to re- be reborn. Do we want to talk about science? Or do you want to talk about your Vancouver Canucks? Uh, I mean, what is there to say about the Canucks? I mean, you know, we all knew it was going to be a step back, and I'm okay with it. Being a Canucks fan is the life of suffering. I grew up in it, and I know I'm going to die <laughs> in it. I'm fine with it. I'm never getting off nice. the bandwagon, ever. The, <laughs> the bandwagon, my God. I'm, I'm going to ride till I die. Anyway. Ride, ride till you die, not ride or die. No, no, it's ride until I perish. Um, Andrew Ferreira, it's been a few weeks since we managed to uh, connect here on the show. I'm glad to have you back. Um, We love you, and uh, we're happy that you're here. And I'm really sorry about the locking you in a cage thing, but that's just the way it is. Oh, uh -oh. someone just texted a picture of Andrew Ferreira. Uh Uh-oh. It's a young Andrew Ferreira. looks like he's in college with a microphone. That's got to be you. Look at that. Oh, that might be be my LinkedIn profile. That might be my LinkedIn. (laughs) <laughs> uh, when i when i when i did uh I, when i did uh junior b play-by-play um for the That's richmond sockeyes in british columbia That's um, a beautiful thing. let's do science wonderful let's do it now tomorrow is a big day when it comes to space things since we're on the topic of space yeah uh tell us about why tomorrow is such a, a big day in space land and all the nasa geeks are so excited uh, NASA's self-driving radioactivity-fueled minivan of a rover is going to touch down on Mars tomorrow. Um, and I'm looking at the, the website right now, and it's going to touch down. It's scheduled to touch down in one day, 12 hours, 38 minutes, and 34, 3, 2, 1 seconds. Nice. Um, 
Now, this is going to be really cool because we already have um, it's you could say cousin rover already, you know, doing its thing on the surface of Mars, driving around, drilling to rocks, doing cool stuff. And that's Curiosity. Uh, that's the name of the rover. Uh, what's landing or scheduled to land tomorrow and scheduled because Mars is hard and it's not com it's completely possible that it like blows up on the way in. Uh, but let's hope it doesn't. But what's landing is is a rover called Perseverance. Um, Perseverance's main job is to really, really look for signs of ancient life. Um, we, you know, all of the science and all of the data shows us that at some point in the past, Mars had liquid water on the surface um, in substantial quantities, not like a puddle. Um, even today, uh, we see on Mars seasonably flows of salt water on the surface. Uh, because in the surface of, of Mars, there is still carbon dioxide that's trapped and there's still frozen water ice. Not a whole lot. And whatever it is, is incredibly briny. Um, so no real life that, you know, as we know it, we think can survive there. But the precedent is there for there to be life. Because we've seen that life on Earth can survive in uh, all kinds of strange places, like underneath an Antarctic ice sheet or my bedroom. Um, and so what Perseverance That's is cool. trying to do is really look for signs. Uh, one of the cool things about it is that it's going to collect samples of rock and soil, and it's going to stash them. And the hope is in the next decade, we're going to return those to Earth. Um, yeah. And that's going to be really cool. But I'll talk about another time, even though I've talked about it dozens of times, I'll never stop. Um, can't there stop, could be, stop. It can't stop, won't stop. There could be a Wright Brothers moment uh, in the coming weeks as well. Um, attached to the underbelly of, of Perseverance is the Mars helicopter and Unlike most things I talk about, I don't need to explain that. It's a helicopter, and it's going to be on Mars. Um, it looks like a drone, you know, like one of the things that you'll fly and, you know, maybe get stuck in a power line and regret ever buying it. Um, but this Mars helicopter um, is completely autonomous. It'll do its thing by itself. Uh, Perseverance will kind of drop it onto the surface and scoot away, and we'll just kind of see if it can fly. Um, we've demonstrated on Earth in, you know, vacuum chambers that simulate the Martian atmosphere. It can fly. But the real question is, will it be able to fly on its own, completely independent of us humans telling it what to do? So that's something to look forward to. Um, but the big spectacle will be, you know, the seven minutes of terror is what they call it. Um, and that's the period of time from when the Mars, you know, the rover and its heat shield enter the Martian atmosphere uh, to when it hits the surface. In that time, we will have no idea if the Mar if the rover is alive, um, if it's safe, if it's able to transmit data, because of the fact that it takes time for signals to go between Earth and Mars. And in those seven minutes from when it hits the top of the Martian atmosphere uh, to when it hopefully deploys successfully on the surface, any signal sent during that time will not reach us until it's already on the surface, either in one right. piece or a million. Right. Um, and so that is kind of the, the seven minutes of terror. Um, that you'll probably see, you know, thrown around a lot starting, you know, later today uh, in the news and talking about what's happening. Um, so I'm going to be watching carefully. And this is, you know, all supposed to go down Thursday. And I'm saying this a day in advance because, you know, I've got things to do. I won't be around tomorrow because I'll be sleeping early so I can watch with bated breath. Hmm. Um, but this is all supposed to go down starting at 11.15 a.m. Uh, Pacific time. That's going to be 2.15 p.m. out east on Thursday. Uh, NASA is going to be streaming, you know, uh, media palooza, uh, you know, all over their social media channels. Um, and hopefully, you know, by the time lunchtime on the West Coast rolls around, 
uh, will have a brand new, you know, minivan sized radioactive powered self-driving car on the surface of Mars doing its thing, which huh. I mean, that's that sentence in itself is kind of crazy that we can do that. Um, but that's the hope. And, you know, it's been a, a crazy uh, month, if you will, in Mars things where we have two brand new denizens uh, around Mars. We have uh, the United Arab Emirates's um, Hope uh, Orbiter orbiting the planet uh, and China's super secretive Chanwen-1 mission um, is also in orbit around the planet. And that'll try to drop not only uh, a rover, but also a lander. And if it does that successfully, it'll be the first time any country ever has been able to do an orbiter, a lander, and a rover in one Mars mission without a failure. Wow. So I wonder if the rovers will hope. start to fight when they to battle it out, scrap it out on the ground. If they did, it'd be really boring. Like honestly, because you know, they unless, they're not built they for combat. A video game. Right? They just kinda like maybe bump into each other over yeah, the But this is the next video game. Weeks. This is like the like those those mechanic video games where like those robots where you you pilot the robot and then they fight it out on Mars and it's just a bunch of guys playing video games on Earth but the war is actually happening on Mars like that would be cool. That would be cool. Um, you know, I don't know if we're there yet. And okay. part of me kind of hopes that we never do get to that point because why make war on Mars when we can make sweet love and science, uh, which I think are much more uh, conducive to Mars. And plus, <laughs> you know, we need to know more and fighting, you know, beating the crap out of each other robots, while very cool, isn't really conducive to that. Yes, but it makes money, and that's what science is for. Making money. I'm just kidding. Can we talk about quickly before we're done here, because mm. I know it's kind of news from last week, but the 4K mm. images that have been assembled from I think they're from Curiosity, weren't they? Uh, yeah, so uh, it's it's interesting to be in a time now where we have machinery around other worlds on other worlds with cameras that are, you know, good. Um, we can actually see these things. Um, you know, the 4K imagery that's coming out uh, is I'm trying to remember exactly what it is because I don't have the, the article in front of me. But my gut says it's some combination of curiosity because curiosity has got a great camera. Um, and it takes lots of images, and that's part of how it drives itself. It takes pictures, and the pictures are beamed to Earth, and smart people in California kind of beep boop at their computers and tell it where to go. Um, but we also have, you know, there's a, a Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter that kind of loops around and takes pictures. There's the MAVEN Orbiter, which looks at atmospheric um, uh, conditions around the planet. And all these, you know, instruments, all these spacecraft have cameras. Um, and so in order to build, you know, a, a, a good idea of where we want future missions to go, for instance, and this is, you know, missions are on the brain right now, uh, we need 4K images of where we want to go. Because what looks like a, you know, a flat, smooth plane from orbit, you know, if we don't have a good resolution, you know, one pixel could be hiding, you know, a boulder the size of a large boulder. Um, and we don't want to miss that, right? Because we don't want to find out, you know, too late that, oh, if only we had a better resolution camera, we would have seen the large-sized, large boulder uh, that turned our expensive, self-driving, nuclear-powered uh, robotic car into pieces. Mm. Um, but this kind of uh, photography, um, it's pretty. Like, don't get me wrong. It's incredibly pretty. We have it for the moon uh, as well. And the moon is a lot closer and easier to do. But all of it as well is to help guide us as we explore further. Um you know, of course, the when I think of space images, the ones that really come to mind for me are the ones that the Voyager and Pioneer spacecraft took uh, as they left the solar system and the pale blue dot image. 
um, is the one that really, you know, I don't remember because, you know, I wasn't a thing that existed when the pale blue dot image was taken. But photography outside of its scientific use has a kind of profound effect on essentially putting us in our place, if you will. Mm. Uh, it reminds us that we live, you know, on a tiny speck of dust, you know, orbiting an extremely normal star in and around hundreds of millions of other extremely normal stars. And that as special as we are, and with all of the fancy cameras and stuff that we may have, we're tiny. And it's, you know, it's a privilege to be able to see other worlds in the resolutions that we do. Um, before, you know, the clock, you know, kicks me back into my cage here. One thing that's really interesting about uh, Perseverance, when it hopefully lands on Thursday, is it actually has microphones on board. Uh, and the microphones are going to hopefully catch the audio of what landing on Mars sounds like. And I just think that the fact that we can do that is crazy. If you'd told yeah. me, you know, 10 years ago that we're going to be landing a nuclear-powered self-driving robotic car on Mars with microphones to capture what it sounds like, uh, I would have asked where you found the book that you read that in and probably asked you if I could borrow it. Um, mm -hmm. But it very well could happen, you know, in a day and a bit. So, you know, keep your eyes peeled. Um, you can just Google NASA Perseverance, NASA Mars Rover, NASA self-driving nuclear-powered robotic car. Um, you'll find it. It you know, it's going to be everywhere and I'll be taking it in um, with glee. And there is a word that start with letter P that I, it's just not happening to me right now. Uh, a plum doesn't start with letter P, but I'm going to be watching it with a plum. Wonderful. Well, since the words of plum and plow um, have been all over the show tonight, so it seems like a perfect time to unfortunately lock you back up. Thank you, Andrew. That's yeah, fine. We, you know, this is my lot in life. There's the keys. At all least right. have hot water. <laughs> <laughs> uh Andrew C. Ferrer, Weird Science. Thank you, brother. It's great to hear your voice. Yeah, man. Talk to you again. Thanks for listening to the Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.